thank you for spending this time with us. If you enjoyed the content we shared with you, please subscribe, review, and share this show with your friends. Veramore the dating app and Hero Harbor, the social connection tool for heroes, are both in the app stores. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as Veramore, Veramore underscore app, or Hero Harbor. Let's go back and talk about the the things that have happened in your life that sort of made you the person that you are and have made you so passionate about what you do now, because clearly you are. Tell me, tell me about the beginning. Tell me about prior to, because you're not from the United States originally. Yeah. So tell me about I'm re- that. I was great. So I was born in Croatia. Um, I was born on September 6th, 88. Uh, and I just lived in Croatia with my parents. And... Uh, this is my first day of kindergarten. I was six years old, and we all walked there. We had no cars. Nobody drove anywhere. Like we just walked there. So I walked to school, uh, and two, three hours within school, the teachers told us, "Say, kids, got to go home. Got to go home." They were like, "Like, what's going on? What's going on?" So we went outside, and everybody's walking, just trying to running and everything. It's like I had no idea what was going on. I was a six-year-old kid just trying to get back to my house, and I had no idea what was going on. When I got back to my house, um, I saw my parents waiting for me in my dad's uh, little company car. He was a police officer. Didn't you tell me that there were planes as you were going home? There were planes yeah, flying over? I looked up uh, the sky. Uh, so when I was walking back home, I just looked at the sky. There's so many airplanes. So then I sped up and started running through the car. Did you know what those planes were? I had no idea what those planes were. They just weren't supposed to be there. They weren't supposed to be there. And I was kind of scared about it because teachers told us kids got to go home and then I saw planes outside I was like this is not good so when I got back to my parents uh, place my dad said hey, give me a car give me a car I was, like, I was like okay so I got in the car and that was the last time we were at my house it was the last time we saw our house now there was something unusual about your parents about the difference between your parents oh yeah my my so we lived in Croatia at that time and my my uh, my dad's Serbian and my mom's Croatian and the conflict was between the conflict Serbia. Was between Serbia and Croatia, yeah. So that made them. Yeah, that made them like, yeah, exactly. So um, we ended up getting a car. Uh, we started driving, and there were so many cars driving out there. You know, it's like, wow, I've never seen so many cars in my life. You know, there's so many cars on the highways, and we just like five, ten miles an hour, we just kept on going. And uh, did you the, yet know why? Had your parents said anything to you? I mean, I th- I'm sure they did, but like I was six years old, right. so I don't really remember right. with them staying. T- so it's both me. your parents and you and your baby brother. Brother, yep. And he was like a week old. Right. He was just born. Um, did you take anything with you when you left the house in terms of like food or? No, my parents just told me get in the car, get in the car, because uh, so I was expecting we'd we're just gonna go somewhere. We're gonna go back to the house eventually. You right. know? I never thought I would never see my house. I never right. saw it again, you know. Um, so eventually, uh, the, all the cars stopped in the traffic, and the all stopped, and we we're just not moving at all for like five minutes, ten minutes, and it was like, what's going on? So we had no idea, and then all of a sudden we saw airplanes flying around, and then the airplanes started bombing all the cars, and then everybody started running. Um, so my parents told us. It, Get out of the car. We're gonna go for the woods. So we ran for the woods, and we get off the of the road, and there's so many bomb people bombing. I uh, started bombing people, 
and my parents covered us. My dad and my mom got above us, you know, so it wouldn't get hurt. And then once the bobbing stopped, we started running through the woods along with these other a lot of people. And we walked through those woods for a long time for six days, like. But in Croatia, you know, there's a lot of fruits, and you know, so we we could eat. We just mm-hmm. ate mostly fruits, you know, mm-hmm. and acorns and stuff, you know. We all had that in Croatia. So on day number seven of our, or our, oh, by the way, I didn't have any shoes, so I didn't. I don't know. I don't know what happened with my shoes. I had no shoes, but then my feet were all bloody. But I had no idea they were bloody because my emotion, how I felt, was. Completely went over the physical, you know, feelings like, oh my god, my feet were so bloody. But how, how did I not notice my feet were bloody? You know. So that was your for, at six years of age is your first experience with blocking out pain, blocking yeah. out external. Yeah. All your focus is on safety, on escape, yeah, on that, yeah. where's your parents, where's your just, right? Got to make it alive. And then on day number six, um, it was, it was, uh, we went through this, we knew there was a bunch of Serbian, it was like a Serbian territory, like they had a, their army camps or something, or there, I knew, we knew there was a lot of, uh, troops there, you know, so they told us, the guy who was leading us, he said, make sure you be quiet, make sure they don't hear us. Which is and, hard with a brand new baby. Yeah, my brother was like, not even two weeks old yet, and, um. Uh, we ended up going, and all of a sudden they, they saw us, and we heard them saying something, yelling something. It's like, uh oh, they're we're in trouble. And then we both we all started running, and they started shooting at us. So they actually shot us from both the left side and the right side. So it was like we were in the middle, and they were shooting from both sides. So everybody was just ran like crazy, like. And all of a sudden, you know, I got separated from my parents because people there's so much crowd running. And I was trying to follow my parents, but I lost my parents. So I was just like, I'm not gonna stop. I'm just gonna run by myself. I'm gonna run to where the people are running, you know? So I started running after the people. And then eventually a lot of people, you know, people getting shot. Some people getting shot and like there would be dead bodies that would have to jump over, you know? I would, I, I tripped so many times. I tripped over dead bodies. My, I was all bloody. I wasn't enough from getting bullets, but from just the pathway of blood, blood right, you know. Right. So, man, so, yeah. So you got separated from your parents. Got separated from my parents. And how and long did that last? That lasted two days. And what were you doing during that time? But in then terms eventually, doing it once we started fleeing, for, you know, when they were shooting us, uh, one guy, you know, older guy, like 30, 40s, um, he saw that there was a little kid, a six-year-old, trying to run and kept on tripping. So he picked me up and carried me, and uh, eventually he carried me away. And then we, then eventually we found this car and we, we uh, we started. We started. He was really good. He was able to start with no keys. You know, just I don't know some wire, wire or something. Right. Hot wire it. So he got it and he brought me to this church. That's where everybody's at. This church. All the people that survived the war went to church. So I was just sat there and waiting. So I thought at that point my parents were gone, you know, my brother was gone. I was just by myself. That's what I thought. Um, and then I told the guy who my parents were, and he was trying to look for them and find them. And then two days later, um, he found him. And uh, 
and then my parents came back to see me and mm-hmm. they you know the church was like ah, it was like the happiest day of my life right. and my saw my parents again you know right um it was so good uh, it was awesome that was and then once we got there we ended up going to uh, live we, we were in serbia mm-hmm. at that point so um we ended up living in a refugee center but it was only for women women and children so my dad couldn't go there um but anyways but after we left my dad got um pulled into the army he had to go into the army he had no choice so he i mean even though the people that just shot us he had to go fight for those people the serbian army you know so my dad went off into war and my mom and i and my brother stayed in the refugee center now how do you remember or have you been told anything again we talked about that your mom was croatian Mm -hmm. and now she's in serbia in a serbia serbian camp type thing was did that happen? They were okay with it. I mean, it was just the armies, really. Right. You know, it's really the the, the territories, you right. know, of Serbian and Croatian stuff. Okay. So um, she wasn't treated any she differently. She wasn't treated any differently. Okay. It was just nice. Okay. Um, so your dad went to fight for the Serbian army. So my dad had to go to the army. He went to the army, um, but then he got a grenade through his through his arm, mm-hmm. and then he had to go to the hospital. And um, well, it's the, the hospital. He actually escaped. He left the hospital and ran away, and he ran uh, to Kosovo. So Kosovo is south of uh, Serbia, like a different state. So he just hid there and he started working there. Uh, and he would come once a month to see us, with his family, you know. So he would bring us money, give us some stuff, you know, to help keep us alive. Right. Um, so yeah, once a month he would always come. And it took how long for you guys to get out of out of the country and political asylum here in the states? Oh, so we the war happened in '95, and we came to USA on August 18th of 1999. And you came to Georgia. Yeah, we came and to Georgia. No, that wasn't. You didn't decide that. That we, was decided we didn't for get you. Decided. They just chose. Uh, we guys are going to go here. Right. So, <laughs> but it's so funny how, you know, because I had no idea what America was, you know. Um, so, back from the refugee center, this the first time I ever saw a TV. And they had a TV for the whole people that live in there. Just one TV for everybody. About so, how many people do you approximately about, do you think? You know, we had maybe 30, 40 people mm-hmm. um, in just that one place. So we said, well, it's TV. So I don't care what was on TV. I just wanted to watch it. It's like, whoa. Uh, and, uh, God, what is, it? what is that show called? Uh, we used to watch that all the time. Uh, is, it, is it Baywatch? The, the Baywatch with Baywatch? the show I'm running down the beach and the booms. Yeah, by yeah. Oh, my God. That was the biggest. Everybody watched that show. No, Everybody no. watched that show. That's funny. So it was so funny. Um, and then we Pamela also. Anderson. Yeah. And then we also some, saw some cowboy movies, um, but that was it. But then I had no idea what America was going to be like when I came here. So I lots kinda, more TVs. Yeah, so I kind of expected to become like a cowboy. You know, I just thought it was like that. 
And when we moved to here, Atlanta, it was nothing like no that. Baywatch, no Baywatch, no Cowboys. No Cowboys, no Baywatch. It's like, wow. You got gangsters, maybe. Yeah. That's funny. So, uh, and then plus, like, I've never seen, uh, in Croatia, it's only been usually be white people, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've never seen a black man before. And they moved to Atlanta, like, you know, I was like, whoa, okay. I mean, it's different. Not, not like Cowboys. No black people, no uh, Mexican people in Croatia either. Yeah, yeah. Which so, we have a lot of both of those here. Yeah, so when I came here, it was like the first time seeing them, but I was always friendly with everybody. I was I'm a nice mm-hmm. guy, you know, with everybody. So we moved to an apartment on Cleveland Avenue. Um, then I started going to school. Started going to fifth grade. No English. So I was like the... I was one of the few rare white kids in school, you know? But, you know, I didn't... So imagine being a white and just not speaking English at the same time, you know? It's like, ah. Oh. So it was tougher. Um, but I was really good. I was actually a really good student. I actually, I got, I still have the trophy in my room. It says Best Spanish Student Award. <laughs> so I was really happy. I didn't even speak English or Spanish, but I got the Sp- Best Spanish Student Award. Like, That's funny. You know, I think I learned more Spanish quicker than English. Right. So I was really proud of that. And uh, they actually, fifth grade, during my first year of school, okay, fifth grade, I actually got on the newspaper. Because they, they've they've seen how great I was a student was, and um, they, they you know they said how I got so many trophies, how I did so good, and everything in class is so good, you know. I was like, oh, cool, oh, yeah, that's awesome. So it, that was kind of cool. Um, what do you think? Do you think that the school thing? Were you were you in school at all in Croatia? I mean, I know your first day of school uh, is when the war started. So, and yeah, you were so, in. So when I came back to Serbia, uh, when I moved left moved mm-hmm. refugee center, it was Serbia. My uh, my grades through one grade to third grade, mm-hmm. I went to a normal school. It was like we had I don't know, maybe a couple hundred students, which is pretty big. And then, uh, so let's go back to how I was back in uh, in the refugee center. So that one time, um, a lot of people, when they escaped the war, you know, a, a lot of people are affected mentally. They're not phys- physically, a lot of people are affected mentally. Mm-hmm. PTSD. And, and a lot of people just committed suicides. Mm-hmm. So that was very common. And then one time um, I was coming back, I was in my third grade, I was coming back to, to, the, to the place we lived. And we had only one bathroom, you know. And it was unlocked, and I went there. I was trying to go pee really fast. So I got to the toilet, and then I saw this lady standing around. She looked at me, and then she just had a gun up to her head, and she just shot herself. So. And you were how old at that point? At that point, I was third grade, so I was maybe nine, mm-hmm. ten. Um, so, man, witnessing that. That, that affected me so much. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't just live in that place. I couldn't do, I mean, I had so many nightmares. Mm-hmm. I had always dreams mm-hmm. about her. Mm-hmm. And so. How long did it take for that to go away? Long. That's why we had to move different refugee centers. So mm-hmm. we lived in that refugee center for a long three years. And then my mom noticed how I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do anything. So she decided, okay, we gotta move to a different refugee center. Then I help them, you know. So we moved to a different refugee center, 
But this refugee center didn't have really younger kids, mostly adults. And, you know, just, I was the youngest kid there, so I moved it up, refugee center. Um, yeah, and there's, a, there's one other, the youngest kid in the refugee center was, let's see, he was maybe 15 or 16. And we were like friends, you know, we were really young, but everybody's older, so we became friends. And then eventually, um, he ended up shooting his mom and himself. Wow. I was like, wow, you know, it's like, it's crazy. Uh, so you think that coming to the States and doing so well may have been in large part due to the change of environment, the cha safety, maybe a feeling of safety yeah. that you could now focus because you weren't worried about all these other things happening you around well, people. Honestly, I just feel like I appreciate this life so much more right. compared to how it was back then. Right. So I always looked at it compared to how it was back then. Right. And this was so much better. So it's like, oh my God, you know, I'm always. You flourished because yeah, of it. Yeah, right. because it's, it's so good. But then when I went to that school, I went to the, the, the new refugee center in that place. I went to that school for one year. And that school only had nine students, graded one through four. Only nine students. I had only I had three people in our fourth grade class. So <laughs> it was a really small place. Mm -hmm. We had like first and second grade in one room, third and fourth in one room. So mm -hmm. we had two rooms in our, in our school, you right. know. So it's kind of cool. It's like, can you imagine a school for a school has only nine students, you know? Right. So, yeah, then we came here to America in 99. Then I started going to school here. And I actually picked up English pretty fast. Right. Within a year, I was, I was really good at English. No one would ever know that you weren't a native yeah. English speaker now. But then after my accident, you know, I, everybody tells me to get my accent back. And I mm -hmm. think I get my accent back, mm -hmm. too. So I don't know. Okay, so let's... Let's talk about the the next really big thing and the way you and I met. Thank you for spending this time with us. If you enjoyed the content we shared with you, please subscribe, review, and share this show with your friends. Veramore the dating app and Hero Harbor, the social connection tool for heroes, are both in the app stores. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as Veramore, Veramore underscore app, or Hero Harbor.